Hello, everybody. Welcome to Allendale Market Talk. This is Mike Lung. I am being joined today by the millennial farmer, Zach Johnson. Zach, thanks for making out today. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me. So the millennial farmer, the YouTube sensation, I was actually talking to one of my clients the other day, and he was very excited that I was talking to you today. Him and his son listened to you. So how did this all begin? What made you decide you want to be the millennial farmer getting everything out there on YouTube? Well, you know, I started it, I mean, I certainly started it as a hobby, but the purpose for for doing the hobby was just to try to get some information out there about farming and what goes on on the family farms here in the United States and, and what we actually do. Because as farmers, we know that there's so much information out there. Some of it's true, some of it's not, some of it's half-truths and a lot of misunderstanding when it comes to what we do on the farms. And so the, the reason for me starting it really was just to try to relate to people about what we do on the family farms and why we do them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and something else, I was listening to uh, one of your previous podcasts, and it was talking about how you chose to put the millennial name on the front of it, using it to try and get rid of some of that sigma. One, I'd like to thank you for representing for us millennials. <laughs> but two, I, I do, I agreed with your point there about everyone thinking, well, at least you just get the media of millennials being lazy and right yeah and and that's that's just it there is that stigma out there that that millennials are lazy and entitled and and selfish and you know i think there's there's so much of that now that i i really wanted to hook the word millennial to to my name for two reasons number one was to stick up for our generation to to let people know that there are millennials out there that are willing to work hard, who want to work hard, and who take a lot of pride in working hard for the things they get in life. And and the second reason was because, you know, millennial is kind of a buzzword. Companies and people want to know what millennials are doing. They want to know what we're up to. They want to know everything about us. And so it was really a kind of a double reason for adding that name to to what it is that I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I definitely don't think anyone can call you lazy. I mean, you got YouTube, you got Fieldwork Podcast, you're public speaker you got all these different cogs that go in the machine which is the millennial farmer how, how are you able to juggle all that because i know just farming alone is a very strenuous job uh so yeah how do you go about that well that's the biggest problem is that a lot of the times i actually have to be a farmer instead of just a guy who talks about farming and mm -hmm. so you know that that is really it's a it's a it's a struggle it's a challenge especially when you add in uh, that i've got four kids in the house here and and we like to spend a lot of family time together and and uh, it, it can be tough, but uh, dad is still really active on the farm with me. And so he, he puts a lot of work in, you know, he's always been a hard worker, um, taught mm -hmm. me my work ethic for sure. Um, my wife has been a huge key to the puzzle. You know, I, I couldn't, we couldn't balance everything that we do and still be successful at the things that we do if, if I didn't have her standing behind me and ready to pick up the slack when I start falling behind. So. Um, we're fortunate enough to be in a position where she's able to do that and, and I'm able to do what it is I do. And with with her and dad's help and a lot of other people, we've just kind of we do the best we can to take on what we think we can be good at. And um, and, and we try not to stretch ourselves too thin, but um, sometimes we certainly do. <laughs> yeah, it definitely happens. Glad to hear you have a good, strong family foundation on that family farm. Yeah, uh, definitely. What are some things you see that are drastically different for you as opposed to say 10 15 years ago 
for previous generations coming farming? I mean, obviously there's technology, but how has that really made a huge uh, impact on how you go about uh, farming as compared to say your dad or your grandfather? Well, you know, I, I had a conversation with my dad just a few years ago, um, kind of asking him, you know, when I was younger, it was just him. And mm -hmm. we had a lot smaller equipment and, you know, how did you get all the work done? And certainly he's always been a really, really hard worker. And, and I grew up with that, watching that and, and admiring that. But, um, you know, my, my question to him really was that you can work as hard as you want to. I still, how, I, I want to know how you got this all done. And, and he said, well, you know, we didn't use to farm so many acres. Um, and it was, it was really just, it was kind of the same situation where you have the, the family deal and, and your wife stands behind you to, to help raise the kids and raise the family and, and help on the farm when she can, when she needs to. And, and you, you just do what you've got to do. And I think um, there's no doubt that in, in the last 30 years, at least in my area, we've gone down to uh, quite a few less farms. Uh, so there's less of us, but those that, that are here, um, we're all a little bit bigger than we were 30 years ago. You know, everybody's growing that that same amount of land is still being being used to grow crops. And so there's just less of us doing it. And so the machinery's gotten bigger, um, more powerful. It's wider. It's more efficient. Um, but I think, yeah, we, we really right now, I think we're on the cusp of opening up the technology as, as we look at the analytics of the data that we can bring in. And, and we've had all this data now for, for probably 10 years that we've been building all these this this data and mm -hmm. really what I think we're getting into now um, which I'm glad to see is really the analytics of the data and how do we decide whether that data is actually providing a return on investment or whether it's just really cool data that we can look at and and go oh well that's that's really neat I couldn't see that before I didn't realize that before but um, there's a difference between being able to, to just look at that and say that's cool versus being able to look at it and say okay let's put something into action and let's get a return now on that data, on that information. Let's do something to increase the bottom line or benefit the environment or make something more efficient, whatever it may be. How do we use that data really to our advantage? And I think that's really where we're at right now as far as right on the edge, kind of, uh, I, I like to use the analogy of a, a butterfly or a caterpillar breaking out of the cocoon. I think that's where we're at right now is we're starting to break out of that. And, and pretty soon I think we're gonna emerge and, and be able to kind of pick through and figure out what's what and what do we want to do with it. Yeah, yeah, the innovation on the farm has been absolutely incredible. And that's actually something yeah. I talk a lot about on social media is how much farmers have come along. I mean, just the on the green movement with everything going on, if you're looking at farmers and how much they've been able to reduce their footprint over the last, say, 10 years, it's been absolutely incredible. Yeah, so the, the amount of, yeah, the amount of, of people that every farm feeds now you know, you look at that number and how quickly that climbs, how fast that grows and how fast yield is taking off. And, and what we understand now about fertilizers and, and soil and grid sampling and what we know about tillage and, and agronomy and, and marketing and the, just how quickly everything changes. Um, it's a we're doing the same thing, but it really is a different world from what I think it probably was 30 and certainly 40, 50 years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. How are. Just because of how this year has gone, how has that data helped you out this year? Has it really been a, a good way to make sure that you're making the best decisions this year? Because, I mean, you're definitely putting everything to the test. It's a year. It's outlier. Can't really compare it to anything with how the just moisture and everything's been this year. So how's that been for you? 
Yeah, you know, when it comes to the data on a year like this where, where we're, we're struggling all the time to just kind of chase our tails and keep up with what we need to do, and, and Mother Nature sends rain our way about every uh, 36 hours, it's just been, uh, it's almost to the point where I think you almost, you throw out any, any data that is not useful in the moment, right? We do everything mm -hmm. now because this is what's got to be done today. You know, we have to plant corn or we have to plant beans or it's go time. Um, we're trying to uh, haul some corn out now. We've got actually corn and soybeans being hauled out now. Um, this week, I really feel like uh, this week we've kind of finally caught up. We've got everything growing. You know, we're not struggling with the planter anymore. We we know what's planted and, and we've got a few acres that are not. And we know what we're doing with that. Um, the sprayers caught up. So it really, for the last uh, about eight weeks now, it has just been go, go, go. And, mm -hmm. you know, you think you get a lot of breaks when that when that rain comes in and eventually farmers end up twiddling their thumbs wondering what to do but i don't i don't really think it is that way i know at least on our farm when it rains we come up with plenty of other projects to do and it really kind of messes us up going back and forth between what we should be doing and well we can't do that now so we're going to do this other thing and we just kind of shuffle back and forth and you know we, it seems like we keep extra busy when it rains this often because you never just start the job and get it done it's it's a struggle Right, you gotta stay on top of everything with how just absolutely incredible this year's been weather-wise. Um, right, it's it's been interesting. How is your crop looking out there, by the way? You know, I would say I would guess our crop right now to look about average. Um, mm -hmm. If you look at what we've had the last uh, three years, certainly the last two years, I would say that it's not as good as that but it's easy to forget what an average crop looks like when you have good crops for three years in a row. I, right. I really think, um, you know, we're, we've, we haven't flooded the low spots too badly. Um, we had, a, we have an inconsistent stand or a little bit of an ugly stand just from being so cold for so long. Uh, mm -hmm. but over the last, uh, seven, eight days, the corn has just, it's more than doubled in size now the last few days. And, and, it looks like with the forecast we have, and we certainly have plenty of moisture, that it's not going to slow down anytime soon. Um, right. The beans are, are following right along. So I think at this point, I would have to say that our crops are looking about average in my mind. But I do know if you go south of me and west of me, it gets a lot uglier in a hurry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've, I was uh, driving up to Milwaukee this past week. It's about 50-50 what's planted, and what is planted is very variable. You got either wow. just over your shoe or up to your knee. Wow. Yeah. You know, we're not, we're not nearly like that around here. Everything's a lot more consistent than that. That's interesting to hear. What are your thoughts on uh, that uh, 91.7 million acres? Uh, I, I think <laughs> about like most people, to <laughs> me, that sounds pretty crazy. Um, yeah. But my understanding is they're getting that number off of the early June numbers. Those are kind of the, you know, the intention numbers and what the numbers were in early June. Yeah. Um, so at that time, maybe those were the intentions. I, um, I'm not going to say that they're wrong. Maybe those were the intentions at that time, and it just changed that much over the course of two or three weeks following uh, early June. So mm -hmm. um, I would think at some point there's going to have to be a correction when it comes to the actual planted acres. Right. What, what is what is our um, – you look at 91.7 million acres. What is the record? The record had to be in about 2013, right? Uh, I'm not exactly sure off the top of my head, but it's, it's up there. Um, yeah, it's gotta be that 93, four, maybe five, 95 million, but yeah. almost 92 million to me seems just 
I mean, that seems crazy for, for everything we're hearing, but mm -hmm. you know, yeah, my backyard doesn't look too bad. So there you um, go. I think it's high, but we'll see. Yeah. They got that uh, new number coming out on August 12th. So it'll be interesting to see how they come out that we actually had, uh, if I remember correctly, about 16% of the crop that was still intended to plants by June 1st. And obviously you had the higher prices, which were helping keeping farmers go as long as possible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see what we get come August 12th. Right. Uh, but I know you have, obviously you just said you have uh, four kids of your own. What are you seeing for their generation? You got, uh, what is it? Gen Z and then Gen Alpha, which is the newest generation. What do you see yep. for them farming going forward? I mean, it's obviously it got a lot of technology now. I can't even imagine yeah. what it's going to look like in 10, 20 years. Yeah. It, it, I think in 20 years, when we really figure out what technology is useful and, and how to use what we have, that's when things are going to change. I mean, I think I think we'll probably figure out a way to get drones on every farm and, and use them for, for things that can pay off quickly. I think every mm -hmm. farmer will have a, a drone or two that they send up once in a while to, to watch for certain things. Um, you know, tractors are going to become more efficient. I don't know. You know, we have driverless tractors now. They're out there being tested. I don't know. I don't know when that might might come to, but I certainly think in my kids, in in the lifetime of my kids, they're probably going to see a good amount of that. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know about in in a planter or a combine, but things seem to move more quickly uh, than you would think. You know, when you think of the future, and and you want to think of of flying cars and the Jetsons type of stuff, boy, it doesn't. It doesn't take that long to get to to some of these points that you think are are never possible. You know, it wasn't it wasn't that long ago that having a phone with the internet was was kind of crazy. And now, I mean, I you know, I don't know, I wouldn't be able to do as much stuff as I do without having the internet in my pocket all day long. That's for sure. Right. Yeah, it's crazy to think that our our kids' generation is going to have no idea what it's like to have not have the internet on you at all times. <laughs> right. And and I'm only a few years into not being able to imagine my life without it at this point. Mm -hmm. Completely. I think something that might be cool is talking about the drones and everything, potential of having drones as planters, especially after years like this, where you see as much moisture, be able to just fly it over the field without having to dig in any tractors and have to pull right. those out. So yeah. if anyone out there is listening, develops that, give me credit. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I see you do a lot with, various platforms and everything and uh i see that your merchandise right now there is a donation for every purchase to the farm veteran coalition how did you get in contact with them to uh get into that and everything well what happened was um myself and ben at farm focused he's my uh, apparel guy mm -hmm. um, we talked a lot about how we'd like to give back a little bit more and and we dug into a few different things on how to give back and we kind of came up with this apparel for the uh for the 4th of July, you know, kind of added a, a stars and stripes theme to it. And mm -hmm. um, we came up with that and, and I, I thought all along it'd be really cool to do something with veterans for the 4th of July and with that type of apparel that we had. And at the same time, it'd be really cool if we could somehow tie it back to farming. And right. so we did a little bit of online research and, and came up with a few, a few different options for that. And um, it was mostly Ben at Farm Focus that worked with the, the coalition and talked to them and um, we went back and forth a lot, talked about what he was getting for feedback from them and, and what his thoughts were. And uh, Ben is somebody that I've just come to trust 
a lot with uh, not just with apparel, but uh, he's a good buddy of mine now. And, and we work together on a lot of stuff like that. And, you know, Ben and Farm Focus, they really feel strongly about being able to give something back. And and I think it's really cool to work with somebody like that. And, and so that's what we've decided to do with Farm Focus and the Millennial Farmer. It's it's five dollars for every single item off the uh, on the on the store right now. So anything anybody buys, that's five dollars that goes directly to that coalition. I just think it's a a really great cause to uh, just it's a good way to spend the money. And so um, definitely, I think it was a good way to get some apparel out there and support veterans that are getting into farming. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a great cause. Uh, I like the giving back to those who give everything for us. I'm really glad that you have something to do with that. Uh, is there any other events or speakings that you have coming up for our listeners to catch? Um, at this time, I don't know. There's nothing coming up real soon as far as uh, speaking. I'm going to be going to some uh, Farmers Business Networks, um, local events around my area. I'll definitely be at Farm Fest in uh, Redwood Falls, Minnesota, or near Redwood Falls um, by Morton. I'll be there for sure the first couple of days. Um, but as far as speaking right now, uh, I got some stuff booked out for this winter, but coming up real soon at this time, I don't have anything actually. Sounds good. Well, if they do want to reach out to you, get to know you a little bit more, uh, where can they find you? Well, they can find me definitely on YouTube. You can look for MN Millennial Farmer. You can find me at the same on Instagram and Facebook. Um, I'm on Twitter, but I'm not as active on there. But you can pretty well find me on, on every platform, but mainly it's going to be YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining me today, Zach. For everyone out there who has questions for us, please reach out 800-262-7538 on the web, allendale-inc.com. This week for Allendale Market Talk, Mike Lung signing off. You guys have a great one.